praising God in the seasons of life. After everything he has said about the vanity of our existence, we probably expect the Solomon of Ecclesiastes to say something discouraging about time. That time is short and thus we never have enough time to do all of the things that we want to do. Or he might mention the tyranny of time. The way time controls our lives right down to the millisecond. Solomon might remind us that time is fleeting and that we are running out of time and once gone time can never be recovered. The French philosopher Blaise Pascal wrote, when I consider the short duration of my life swallowed up in the eternity that lies before it and after it, when I consider the little space I feel and see engulfed in the infinite immensity of space of which I am ignorant and which know me not, I rest frightened and astonished for there is no reason why I should be here rather than there. Who put me here, Pascal asks. Why now rather than then? Stephen F. Olford, the man Billy Graham said most influenced his ministry, said that time is a fragment of eternity given by God to men as a solemn stewardship. Solomon celebrated the orderliness of God by writing the world's most famous words on the subject of time. Nothing happens outside the will of God. He rules all of our moments. He rules all of our days and there is a definite orderliness uh, what to what he does and his sovereignty has a chronology. In the divine economy, there is a season for everything. A suitable occasion. There's always a suitable occasion. There's always an appropriate opportunity for everything that happens. The initiation, the duration, and the termination of our earthly existence are all under God's divine authority. There is a time to matriculate and there's a time to graduate. Let me run that by you one more time. You, you don't want your, your students to become eternal in college. 
You don't want them to be in high school until they're 27. There's a time to matriculate and a time to graduate. There's a time to get a job and a time to retire from a job. Amen. There's a time to visit somebody's house and then there's a time to go home. My daddy said, if you stay at somebody's house long enough to use the restroom, it's time for you to go home. There are times in life to start something but there are times when something is supposed to come to an end. Be it a project or a relationship or even a ministry. Knowing the difference, brothers and sisters, takes wisdom because these are some of the hardest decisions in your life. Solomon emphasizes the scope of God's sovereignty with pairs of related opposites. Each pair forms what is called rhetorically a merism. A merism is an rhetorical term for a pair of contrasting words or phrases used to express totality or completeness. Perhaps I may best get it across to you by asking you to envision a corn maze. You've seen a maze of corn, these cornfields where they, where they draw or make or, or furrow a maze inside a cornfield. If you consider the maze from the outside, it looks like a harmless cornfield. The view is very different from the inside, trying to discover a way out. And of course, an aerial view from a drone or a helicopter gives one a much broader view with the unique perspective of seeing the beginning to the end. So one's perspective in life is an aphorism from real estate, location, location, location. Where you stand determines how you see life. Look with me in verse 2 and 3 at life, the view of life from the outside looking in. A time to be born and a time to die time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. If you look carefully, you will see that these eight opening verses gather around three major divisions that correspond amazingly enough to the three divisions of our humanity, body, soul, and spirit. From the outside looking in, as it relates to our body or the physical world, none of us asked 
to be born. It was something done to and for us apart from us. None of us asks to die. It is something that God determines. But as sure as you had a cradle, you will have a grave. As sure as you had an entrance, you will have an exit. God is not holding you responsible for your birthday and you have nothing at all to do with your dying day but between your womb and your tomb you ought to redeem the time. Brothers and sisters, this matter of time as it relates to God is not either or. God is both and. God is both at our birth and at our death. God is with us when we plant and when we pluck up what is planted. There are some things in our life God wants to kill and then there are some things God wants to heal. There's a time in life when things break down and then there's a time in life when you have to build up. Looking at life from the outside looking in, when you look at it from the outside looking in, it's positive because life starts with everybody being young. But then you get in your 40s and then your 50s and then your 60s. And I'm not going any further than that. And you start breaking down because everything will eventually run down. And you need to know what time it is in your life, what season you are in determines how you live your life. Because there's nothing more unsightly than somebody trying to live out of their season. When, when, you, when you start having children, it's time out for you to find yourself. You should have found yourself 30 years ago. That's over. You have a family now. You have responsibilities now. You got to go to work now. You can't find yourself now. You got to find a job. You got to find a house. You got to find a way to pay your bills. You've got to find a destiny. You've got to find, find your niche. Find your happy place. Find where God wants you to be. And listen, it doesn't matter who likes you or who does not like you, who's on your side, who's not on your side. Put some blinders on and have tunnel vision for your life and watch God move on your behalf. Because if God is on your side, and if you are on God's side, if God be for us, I wish I had a witness here. When you know who you are and whose you are, you don't need no likes on Facebook. Take yourself to the movies. Take yourself to dinner. I wish I had somebody to help me preach it. 
Be satisfied with how God made you, with what God gave you. Shout over God's blessings in your life. You don't have to have what somebody else has. God will bring you to your season. To everything, there is a season. There's a time for every matter, every purpose under heaven. That's outside looking in. But let's get a view of life from the inside looking out. Look with me in verse 4 and 5. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones. A time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Now we walk deeper into this text and surround ourselves with the context and we discover that the world, once you get on the inside of the maze, we find out that the world is not so neat. It's not so positive. The searcher, who is none other than Solomon himself, wants to know, as the author Peter Kreeft puts it, Solomon wants to know how to avoid getting all A's in every subject but flunking life. He moves into the realm of the soul now, leaving the body, moving into the realm of the soul with its functions of thinking, feeling, choosing the social areas of life and all the interrelationships of life that flow from our soul. He explores every pleasure, every bit of wealth and power, work and leisure. Even he explores a basic kind of religion. He hints, that the, he hints at the truth that it is possible to spend a great deal of time climbing the ladder of success only to discover that it's leaning against the wrong building. As one of my favorite actors, Jim Carrey, said in an interview for Reader's Digest, Jim Carrey said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it is not the answer. Without Christ, Shakespeare is correct. Life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Without Christ, I would have to chime in with the philosopher Schopenhauer that life is an endless pain with a painful end. Without Christ, 
I would have to go in with Paul Lawrence Dunbar who said a crust of bread and a corner to sleep in, a minute to smile and an hour to weep in, a pint of joy to a peck of trouble and never to laugh, but the moans come double and that is life. If that was the end of this sermon, we would all get in line to commit suicide. Well, thank God. We don't have to be on the outside looking in. We don't have to be on the inside looking out. We can be up above looking around. Look with me in verse 6 and 7 and 8. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. The last of these opposites relate to the spirit of each individual here, to the inner decisions, the deep commitments that you and I daily have to make. The view of life from the outside is positive the view of life from the inside is negative but the view from above is ultimate in Jesus incarnation and resurrection we see one who meets us on the outside walks with us through the inside and transforms and makes life beautiful inside and outside. Dallas Willard, the author Dallas Willard, purports that the greatest danger, listen to this, the greatest danger for people who come to church may not be blatant rebellion, but they're living such busy lives, such overcrowded lives that we practically guarantee we will never realize how beautiful life is because it's passing us by. The devil does not care how busy you are. The question is, what are you busy being? Because you are not a human doing. You are a human being. How much time are you spending being? Somebody ought to help me preach it. I'm not talking about being a preacher or being a church member or being a husband or being a daughter or being a caretaker. How much time you spend being with God? Walk with me. Talk with me. Sit down with God and just say, Father, I don't need nothing this morning. I just want to tell you how much I appreciate what you've already done. 
God, I don't have any problems. I'm not complaining. I'm not sick. I don't have no trouble. I just want to get in your presence and let you know how glad I am that you brought me all the way. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear your faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. And if you stay there long enough, you'll feel a little prayer wheel turning. Then you'll know a little fire is, is burning. I, I need somebody here who shout even when it ain't Sunday. You, you, you just praise God in the car by yourself. Because you remember when you didn't have a car. I wish I had one or two more shouters here. You're just walking around in the house giving God glory and giving God praise. And the people riding alongside of you on the highway think something wrong with you. Put your window down and say, God, there ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm just grateful God let me live one more day. I should have been dead, sleeping in my grave, but he had mercy. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. Hallelujah. They are new every morning. The reason why they are new every morning is because I messed up yesterday's grace. I messed up yesterday's mercy. I messed up yesterday's goodness. Thank God when I got up this morning, before my feet touched the floor, he decided to give me one more day. Thank you for your grace. I'm through choir taking all my time singing two songs we ain't gonna pay y'all but for one the place where we see God's timeliness most clearly is in the person of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 4 says, but when the fullness of time was come, somebody ought to help me preach it. God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. At just the right time, when the Gentiles were tired of serving pagan gods, when the Jews were weary of trying to keep God's law, when the Greeks had given the world a common language and the Romans had established safe and easy travel across the Mediterranean, Jesus came with a message of salvation at the right time he wasn't born before time he was born in the fullness of time when when time was ready 
for him to come. He was born into the world. Not only was he born on time, but he was crucified on time. That was a day appointed for him to be crucified. And those of us who read the Bible will remember that Jesus upset the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes so much that on several occasions they tried to take his life. And Jesus just walked through the crowd as though he were invisible because his time had not yet come. Somebody ought to help me preach here. Jesus decided to die. They didn't kill him. He decided to die. Because on the cross, a thief said, if you are Christ, save yourself and us. But the other thief said, leave this man alone. He's done nothing wrong. He said to him, when you come in your kingdom, remember me. Jesus postponed dying. Jesus put death on hold. Jesus stopped dying to tell a thief today. You shall be with me in paradise. Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's love. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head. For me, he died. That's love. He had a time to be born. He had a time to die. But he had a time to be resurrected from the grave. Because that's not how the story ends. Three days later, hey, he rose again. He got up from the grave on time. And listen, one day he's coming back on time. And so since he was born on time, died on time, got up from the grave on time, coming back at God's time, it's time for you to make up your mind. I said it's time for you to make up your mind. I've decided to follow Jesus. Somebody ought to help me close here. I'm not going to let no preacher do all my Bible reading for me. I want to know God for myself. I'm not going to let the deacons do all the praying for me. I'm not going to let the choir do all the worship and singing for me. I, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm, I'm, I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And, and I know I'm not guessing about it. I'm not, I, I'm not maybe so about it. I know this morning at 10.59 in Houston, Texas at Lily Grove Baptist Church he's watching over me 
And when I leave here and go home, he's going to be watching over me. When I go to lunch, he's going to be watching over me. When I drive on 610 and 59, he's going to be watching over me. When I go to bed tonight, he's going to keep the robbers and the thieves away from my house. While I slept last night, somebody could have broke in on me. But the Lord had his angels camped around my house. I wish I had a witness here. I need somebody who knows that you're not here because your alarm clock woke you up. You are not here because you've been so good or so kind. You're not here because you have a large print Bible. You're not here because you teach Sunday school or sing in the choir. You're here because the Lord has been merciful to you. You're here because he looked beyond your faults. He looked beyond my faults. He looked beyond my sinful disposition. He looked beyond my mean and stubborn ways. He looked beyond my wicked and evil deeds. And he gave me one more opportunity to come up to his house to give his name, worship, and praise. I'm not going to let you outdo me praising God. If you don't want to praise him, just stay right there in your seat. But I made up my mind that every time I get a chance, I'm going to praise God because I don't know how much time I have left. I want to thank God for Monday. I don't know if I'm going to live till Tuesday. And then when I get in Tuesday, I want to thank God for Tuesday. Because I don't know if I'll get a chance to shout on Wednesday. And when Wednesday comes, I want to raise my hand because it's almost time for Sunday. And if God lets me live till Thursday, I want to praise him all day Thursday. And if God gives me strength on Friday, I want to open my mouth on Friday. If God lets me live on Saturday, I want to tell him thank you that I made it through Monday. I made it through Tuesday. I made it through Wednesday. I made it through Thursday. I made it through Friday. And here it is Saturday. And I'm getting primed. I'm getting all pumped up. Because I know Sunday is coming. And when I get to Sunday morning and get with my brothers and sisters who knows how good God is, who knows how many doors God has opened, who knows how many ways God has made, who knows how kind God has been, we will get together and tell God thank you. You got my permission right now. If you're in a dead section, if you're around some people who don't know what time it is, you got my permission to find you another section. Find you some people who look like they came to praise God. Find you some believers who look like they know what time it is. It's time to praise the Lord. It's time to shout hallelujah. It's time to give God glory. It's time to tell God thank you. It's time.
lift glad hands. It's time to open your mouth. It's time to let the world know that Jesus, he died. Didn't he die? But early Sunday morning, I said early Sunday morning, he got up from the grave with all power in his hand. You're going to help me praise him, won't you? All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him.
MD Anderson Hospital but God gave me some more time and while I have a chance I'm gonna tell God thank you I'm gonna give God glory and if you don't want to praise him don't hinder me If you're around here talking about it, don't take all that. Speak for yourself. It don't take all that for you. But you don't know what God has done for me. You don't know how many doors God has opened. You don't know how many tears God has dried. Hallelujah. 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 